21-year-old George needed money and he needed it badly. He was enrolled in university and the bills were coming due. Rent, food, books, and he didn't have any money. What was he gonna do? His future looked dark. But God was about to do something that would change his life forever. Find out what that was next on Better Life Today. Hello and welcome to Better Life Today. I'm Doug Garcia and the George I was speaking about at the very beginning was George Mueller. He's a well-known Christian. He did so many things in his life and we wanted to focus more on his life during this program. But let me finish the story. First, let me go back. George Mueller was born in 1805 and he died in 1898. He spent most of his life during most of the 1800s and he lived 92 years. But what an exciting life he had. But it didn't start out that way. When George was a young man, he was a liar and a thief. And those were his own words. Mm. At age 14, his mother died. And by age 16, he was in prison. This guy was a character. And I'm sure his father wondered, what in the world are we going to do with him? But you know, something changed in his life. And he became a Christian. And so that brings us back to our story when he was 21 years old. He decided to dedicate his life to God and to become a minister. And so here he was in school and he didn't have any money. Now in the olden days, the old George would have gone out and he would have stole or, you know, uh, talked his way into all kinds of money. But he didn't do that anymore. So he was left to ponder, what am I going to do now? And you know, there was a nagging thought in his mind. And that thought was, ask God. Ask God for help. And George said, I didn't really want to do that. Maybe the pastors asked God. Maybe the college professors talked to God. But why would I talk to God about something so small, the God of the universe? And he resisted that impulse. But finally, it got the better of him. And he knelt down to his bed, and he said a simple prayer. Lord, here I am. I don't have any money. I need books. I need food. I need tuition. I, I just need your help. And after he said it, he got up and he wondered, was it in vain? I don't know. Well, an hour passed, about an hour passed, and there was a knock at the door. Thinking it was one of his schoolmates, he said, come on in. But the door opened up, and you know who walked in? It was the college professor. This caught George totally off guard. And behind the college professor was a man that he didn't know. And the college professor came in and said, George, I want you to meet an American professor. He's from Princeton, and he wants to come to university, but he needs a tutor. He doesn't speak German. And you, George, speak both German and English. Would you be willing to tutor him? George thought for a moment and said, how am I going to get out of this one? I don't have time to tutor. I've got to go find a job. I don't have any money. And so George politely said to the professor, uh, I'd like to help you, but I'm really, this, this quarter, this, um, this year is going to be diff more difficult for me than normal. I need to go find a job. And the, and the teacher just smiled and said, George, this is a job. <laughs> We're offering you a job. And George sat back and said, really? And the American professor said, yes, George, I'd like you to, to tutor me. And he says, I'll pay you double the going rate for tutoring. And George said, that's amazing. That's wonderful. And so in his mind, George said, okay, eight hours a week, double the pay, that's going to get me about a quarter of my funds I need for university. And so he was feeling pretty good about this, but the man was not, the man was not done yet because he said, George, I've got three other colleagues and they're going to pay you the same rate. George sat there amazed. 
four colleagues were going to pay him double the rate, which meant his entire bill for the university would be covered. But more than that, his professor there at the university said, George, I know that there's a free room available at the local orphanage, and they allow uh, theology students to use it for a couple months. Would you be interested in taking advantage of that? And George said, yes, I would. The men left the room, and George realized that in just a matter of moments, from the time that he prayed to the time that his problem was completely solved, it was just minutes. And this one event began him on a journey of life of faith, on a journey of a life in faith that he could never have imagined. That was the beginning event that changed his life. And that brings us to the topic of today's program, which is faith. It's something we all need. With me today is Sayudi Rodriguez. Sayudi, welcome. Thank you. Sayudi is the co one of the co-directors because she and her husband both co-direct on Vida Mejor TV, mm -hmm. which is the Spanish pro channel for Better Life. Better Life, yes. Yeah. And so Sayudi, this is a topic that's near and dear to your heart, isn't it? It is, and you know, it was interesting. You were talking about faith, and um, this morning, I was coming to work. I knew we were going to be talking about faith, and I turned on the radio, and this app that I have, and this um, man was preaching on faith, faith and feelings. And something that he said was so beautiful because he said, in the Bible, we see a Bible verse, the famous Bible verse that says that faith is the substance. And he said, now let's take this word substance. And he said, substance, the first part, sub, meaning under. And then he said, stands standing and he said now when you're building something you're standing usually it's ground that's going to be the most important part of the whole building and then he read this beautiful bible verse that says everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock the foundation so he said so faith is believing the words of god is believing what he said. Faith is, if he says this, that has to be because God said so. There's a book, beautiful book, that it's titled, This Day with God. And there's a quote that describes faith in such an amazing way. It says, faith is not a happy flight of feeling. It is simply taking God at his word and believing because he said he would do that. You know, I've come to that conclusion myself because I've been studying faith for, for years now because it intrigued me. I said, I have to know what faith is. Yes. I see people around me who I consider giants of faith and their lives are amazing. Mm -hmm. The things that God does for them are outstanding and we'll get into some miracles, I think, mm -hmm. but just people who walk with God amaze me. So I said, I have to learn about faith. Mm -hmm. I have to understand what this all means. Yes. And, uh, and that reminds me, Saidi, that you know we talked about George Mueller. We mm -hmm. began the program with him. But I was amazed when I read in his life, he said that he would take the Bible whenever he had a need. Mm -hmm. You know, the need might be money. The need right. might be spiritual. Right. The need might be wisdom. And he would find a verse in the Bible and he would point to it as he prayed. And said, like he was telling the Lord, as if the Lord needed to know, Lord, this is your promise. This yes. is the one I'm claiming. Yes. He stood on the word of God, mm -hmm. just like you're describing. Yes. And there's a real, really beautiful Bible verse, and that's our theme verse our Bible for text today. Of the day. yes. And it says, therefore, I say to you, this is God saying this, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. 
Is not life much more than food and the body more than clothing? And then it says, look at the birds in the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Mm. You know, that's a text that I use when people call in because we have a small staff and so we have people call in sometimes for prayer requests. And sometimes their prayer request is that they don't feel that God loves them mm. uh, or they have some big problem. It might be a medical problem. It might be that they just have needs. Maybe they need to pay the rent, whatever it is. And I like to quote this verse to them. Yes. I said, this is what Jesus said. If Jesus said, God knows the birds well and you're much more valuable to him, he was trying to impress upon them, God knows you. He mm -hmm. knows what your needs are and he loves you. Yes. You know, just rest in his care. That's right. My husband says, have you ever seen a worried bird? He says, and I'm like, no, I have not. It's true, God takes care of the birds. It reminds me of a story. And I remember when I was a little girl, ever since I was a little girl, I really wanted to be a missionary. That was my dream. And so I was able to go as a missionary, but then came back to the United States. And I was a secretary for a high school. And I remember thinking, Lord, I like my job, but I would love to be a missionary again. Can you please get me out of this place? You're gonna have to do something. And I remember praying and praying and praying. And one day, the principal of the school, he said, Sayuri, I need to talk to you, come to my office. I went to the office and he was gonna tell me something and it seemed like it was something very important because he was almost crying. Mm -hmm. And he says, I am so sorry to say this, but with the finances and everything going on, I'm going to have to lay you off, laid off. You're laid off. And I remember thinking, oh no, what's gonna happen? But immediately remembering my prayer and thinking, well, there it is. God's gonna do something now. He's, getting, he's gonna take me out of here somehow. I remember him crying and I was thinking, I'm not crying, <laughs> I'm not crying. God's gonna do something, he promised. And that's what God's, the confidence in God does. Yes. Having confidence in God means that when something hits you from out of the blue, you're able to sit back and say, Lord, this didn't surprise you. Yes. You have a solution already planned. Mm -hmm. Yes. And help me to accept that. The Bible says, for I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, to give you a good life. And so I was claiming to his promises. And then the week before leaving, I remember being in my office, putting everything together. The students were not there anymore. And sometimes you start really good with lots of faith. Yes, Lord, this is going to happen. You're gonna take care of me. But Satan knows our heart. So he starts planting little doubt here and there. And I started getting overwhelmed thinking, what's gonna happen? What's the next chapter? And that day, these three birds come into the building and they're just, flying. And I remember thinking, oh no, now I have to get them out. Not every single day for that week, three birds would just come into the school and fly away. Well, the last day I was there, now feeling really sad and thinking what's going to happen to me, the birds came in again. But this time they went into my office and I was jumping up and down trying to get them <laughs> to go out. Two of them left, but one stayed. And I was trying to get the bird to go outside. This little bird was so tired. He just stood there by my computer and you could tell, you know, 
just yeah, breathing, breath, yeah. so scared. And I remember coming to the bird and finally grabbing into this little bird. <laughs> and I took him outside and just as I was about to let him go, saying, don't be scared. If God takes care of the birds, and it just hit me, that was for me. God was trying to remind me, if I take care of this little one, I'm going to take care of you. Claim that promise. God does take care of us. So in a way, you were like Mueller. You were pointing to the Bible yes. verse, but in your mind yes. you were. Uh -huh. You were saying, Lord, this is your promise right. for me. Right, right. Wow. I, years ago, I was trying to learn about faith and prayer, and so something happened to me too. And I call it my dog story. Uh -huh. Yeah, we like animals. And one day I was out on a, a Sabbath afternoon, a beautiful afternoon hiking with some people. And one of the, we were in a car in a van. And one of the kids thought they'd be funny, the driver, and took off. And two of us were left behind. And they drove down the road. It was a dirt road. And I said, oh, boy, trying to pull a fast <laughs> one. And so my friend and I who were left, we started walking down the road towards the way that the van had gone, knowing that eventually they would turn around and come pick us up. But as we came down this country road, we uh, came around a corner, and all of a sudden, I heard the dogs coming. Oh. And I looked up on the hill, and rushing towards us as fast as they could was a pack of dogs. I was thinking, you know, four or five dogs were heading our way. And I've always been a little skittish of dogs I don't know. I like dogs that, that are friendly. But whenever <laughs> you're out there, you don't know if these are the ones that are mm -hmm. going to bite you or whatever. And so, so I was getting really skittish about it. I said, oh, man. Um, I don't like the way that they're coming as quick as they're coming and yes. as, as energetic as they're coming. I don't know if they're friendly dogs or not friendly dogs. So what I did was I, I, uh, I shot up a prayer to the Lord and I said, Lord, would you please control the dogs that you made? And you know, I specifically said it that way mm -hmm. because I wanted to acknowledge that God was the creator right. of all the animals. And so I said, God, you're the creator is what I was saying. Please control the dogs that you made. And you know, uh, they kept coming. <laughs> nothing seemed to have changed. And I was like, uh, Lord, nothing's changed. I just prayed to you, but nothing's changed. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think the Holy Spirit spoke to me because in that moment, I, I heard something in my head saying, do you really believe that I can take care of this problem for you? Mm. And I, you know, it must be from God because that's not what I would be thinking when the dogs were heading my way. <laughs> and I said to myself, no, I guess I really don't believe because I'm here all, you know, in the, in the fight or flight mode. I feel like, yeah. you know, I've got to fight this. And I said, I said to myself, now this all happened very quickly, but I said, what would I do if I believed that God was going to take care of this problem? And I said, what I would do is I would be, I would be relaxed. Mm -hmm. So I forced myself to relax. Mm -hmm. And I just let my body just relax. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, God, take care of. And at that moment, at that very moment, the dogs stopped, stopped dead in their tracks. And they were jumping up and down as if they were behind an invisible fence. Wow. They were still interested in us and they still had their attention on us, but they didn't come any further. And I thought, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And while I was thinking about that, they then turned and ran as fast as they could away from us. Wow. And I thought to myself, thank you, God. You took care of my problem just mm -hmm. like that. But when I relaxed, when I let you take care of the problem, mm. he took care of the problem. He does. He does. Wow. It's... It's beautiful to me because it's believing what you're not able to see. Yes. You're not able yeah. to see God right there protecting you, but you believe it. You say, God is here, you know, and it happens, you know. And the, the more you believe that, 
the yes. easier your life becomes. Oh, yes. Much, much and easier. And the less you'll be spending money on Tums or other <laughs> you know, yeah. stuff for your stomach. That's right. You just say, another problem, Lord, take care of it. Mm -hmm. There's things that we're supposed to do. God gives us a brain and, and arms right. and legs to do things. And when we can do things ourselves, we're supposed to. He made us like that. But there are things in our life we cannot do anything about. Right. That's true. That's true. And it reminds me, one of the phone calls that we get, some of the calls that we get that break my heart are people calling because they want their loved ones to come to know the Lord, mm -hmm. to come to the Lord and to be ready for His second coming. You know, they, they want the best for them. And the best is Jesus. Yeah. And so they call and they say, I've been praying for, for my brother, my son for years and years. And sometimes we can get a little bit discouraged when the answer doesn't happen right away. Yes. My father, um, he was a very strict man, very, very strict. And church, hmm, not so much. Now, another thing about my dad is that all my um, male friends, they were kind of afraid of my dad <laughs> because he was so strict. Nobody would come to the house. And then they would tell me, your daddy's just mean. He's this and that. And so in my mind, I remember thinking, you know, the guy that God has for me would be someone that he's going to love my dad as he is. And I remember when I met my husband, something that just broke my heart with joy was the way he treated my dad. Because my dad met my husband before he was my husband, and he was mean to him. You know, he had question after question, and yet he would answer my husband. And I remember talking to him after the meeting and saying, so what do you think of my dad? And thinking, <laughs> oh, here we go again, you know. Uh -huh. And he said, I like your dad. He said, I love your dad, and one day I'm going to baptize your dad. Wow. And I remember thinking, you know, in... In my heart, I would pray for my dad. But it was almost like, I hate to say this, but it was almost like I was thinking, it's a lost cause. It's never going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah. And he, he, my husband brought back the, don't forget, you know, it is going to happen. And then my husband said something that has changed my life because he said, every person you meet, you need to try to see them with the eyes that God sees them as who they can become. We may not like the person that they are at the moment, but this could be the next deacon. You know, this could be a choir member. You know, your dad could be the head elder, you know, and all this. And I remember just getting so happy and excited about that and praying again and believing and trying to say, Lord, help my unbelief. Mm -hmm. Help me to have eyes of faith that will see the way you see my father. Mm -hmm. Well, it was not... Um, two years later that my dad actually got baptized and my husband was able to baptize my dad. Oh, and so it's almost like a prophecy coming true. Yes, yes. God must have put it in your husband's you know, heart. Yes, it yeah. seems impossible, but there's nothing impossible with God. So. That is amazing. You know, some of us, sometimes we, we have a hard time. We are told in the Bible that sin has separated us from God. Yes. And not being able to have somebody we can look at mm -hmm. or hold on to is a challenge for people. Mm -hmm. A friend of mine recently uh, told a story. Uh, he lives out in the country, away from all the city lights, so it gets pretty dark out there. And yeah. he says he likes it that way because looking up into the night sky, you see the stars just shine. Mm -hmm. But he has a dog, um, a Labrador Retriever, I think. Okay. Dark black. Okay. And so at night he takes the dog out, you know, to run around mm -hmm. the last few minutes before they go, you know, it goes to bed before bedtime and everything. And so one night he was out there. 
and he went, in, he went out to call his dog. He had been out there, and he started calling and calling and calling, and he couldn't see anything because it was one of those nights where there were no moon. It was pitch black. Okay. So he took out his little cell phone with the, with the uh, flashlight on it and started shining <laughs> it along, the, going to the bushes, up and down the bushes. Where are you? Calling for the dog, calling for the dog. And, and he thought to himself, Is, did my dog take off? Is this one of the nights that he just heard something out there and just took off? Huh. And it was when he was wondering, where was his dog, that he felt a nudge on the back of his yeah. leg. It was his dog. His dog had been behind him the whole time, following him around the yard. Aww. And he later thought to himself, that dog must have thought I was crazy. <laughs> calling to him, calling to him. And he says, I'm right here. I'm right here. And he said, in the same way, we sometimes feel, where is God? Where is God? And it's those little nudges that he shows himself that yes. he says, I've always been here. That's true. You just can't see me right now, but I'm always here. That's true. And that, I think, builds our faith, too. It does. Um, there's a story I wanted to bring us back to. Let's talk about George Mueller again. Mm -hmm. And George Mueller, from that point on, from the time he was 21 and learned about faith and grew and grew, he grew in faith to an, in a tremendous way. And if you ever get to study his life or look up a book on him, you'll be amazed at what happened during his life. But towards the end of his life, I wanted to share another story. Okay, my first story happened at age 21. Mm -hmm. My next story happened towards the very end of his life and he was on tour. He had to leave, I believe, from England and go to Canada. He was on a boat. In those days, you went by boat, you know? Mm -hmm. And it took a while. And he was on the boat, and the boat was going along fine until all of a sudden the boat was wrapped in fog. And George went into the captain and said, Captain, I, I must get to Canada on Saturday. And I believe that the day he did this, it was like Wednesday. Okay. I must get to, I have an appointment, I'm speaking, I must be there on Saturday. And the captain said, uh, excuse me, uh, but there's no, nothing I can do. The boat is, the ship is wrapped in fog. Uh, we are being very careful. We've got to slow down to a crawl and there is nothing I can do about it. And then George said, well, I guess I'm going to have to ask God to do something about it. <laughs> now, you know, the captain wasn't really a religious man per se. And George said, captain, come with me. Let's go down to the, let's go down to the room, uh, another room and we'll pray. And the yeah. captain thought, this, this guy's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> this guy's going to pray for this fog to go away. It's as thick as soup now. Yeah. But he followed him out of courtesy probably. They went down to a room and found a quiet place and they knelt down. And the captain later said that, he, that George Mueller prayed a prayer that he thought a child would pray. And it was something along the lines of, Lord, uh, you know the appointments you've made for me this week and you know that you've always taken care of me and I will trust that you will get us and you will remove this fog so that the boat can make it to your appointment for me on time. It was simple, it was short. And then the captain started to pray because he felt kind of obligated. And George Mueller put his hand on the captain's shoulder and said, Captain, please, don't bother. He <laughs> said, first of all, Captain, I know you don't believe God will do it. Whoa. And he said, second of all, Captain, I believe God already has done it. He said, Captain, get up, open the door, and you'll see that the fog is gone. Now, to say something like that, yes. how would you feel about that? That takes wow. tremendous faith. But George's life had been so consistent with God, and he had he seen God work so many times. He knew him. He knew him. Yes. And so when the captain got up and opened up the door, the fog was completely gone. Wow. And that Great touched the captain's life in a way that, you know, when you see somebody acting in faith, it just sometimes takes your breath away. Yes. And that's the kind of life God wants for every one of us. There was nothing special about George Mueller. There's nothing special about the people in the Bible who you read who you think are giants of faith, except that they trusted God. And that's what God wants for us. Yeah. Everyone watching. Everyone. That's right. I, 
I keep praying. I, there was a lady, Marcella, that every time we would be at a prayer meeting, her prayer was, I want more faith. Mm -hmm. I want more faith. And the more we study about faith, the more my prayer is becoming too, I need more faith. I want more faith. It's going to get us through life's diff most difficult yeah. times. But more than that, you know, sometimes we think of it selfishly. It's going to help us out, going to get me out of this problem. But really, no. it's best used when you use it for other people, mm -hmm. like your husband did for your father. Yes. You know, he was expressing faith mm -hmm. that God was going to win your father over yes. and that someday he was going to baptize him. Yes. We have friends and family around us. And when we have greater faith, we impact them in ways that we couldn't have just by talking. Mm -hmm. Talk is cheap. Mm -hmm. You want to see somebody act out. Right. And so when we act on faith, we encourage others to act out on faith. That's right. That's so right. we must continue. There was a, George Mueller used to say a quote, and I was, it's been modernized. I wanted to quote it here. Um, in a modern version, this is what he would always say, because he ran a lot of orphanages during his life, mm -hmm. and he was feeding thousands of children at one time. And so you have to live by faith because the only way they got money is through donations. Mm -hmm. And so he had this quote. He said, God is almighty. The hearts of all men are in his hands. And when God chooses to influence their hearts, they will give. Hmm. George made it a point of not going out and doing fundraising. He's, he gave his problem to the Lord. He told people how, what God had done in the past. And then he let the Lord move their hearts. And you know, they did incredible things. His mission to the, to the orphans of England was just amazing. Like I said, I recommend that book. Uh, book. Any book you can find on his life, I recommend you reading it, reading up more about George Mueller, just an amazing man. He, he kept records, too, of when God answered his prayer. Mm. And do you know what he said at, towards the end of his life? He said God wrote that he, I mean, that George wrote that he knew of over 50,000 wow. specific prayers oh. that God had answered. 50,000 yes. specific prayers he knew that God had answered that he had asked. And that leads to the importance of having a prayer journal. You know, when God does something for you, if you don't write it down, if you don't share it, it's many times lost. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been to churches and talked to people and they told me, one lady told me an amazing story. And, she, and I said, did you, have you written this down? Have you told anyone? She says, no. Mm. I said, why haven't you? I mean, this was a miraculous story and I hope wow. to share it on another program. Yes. But I said, why haven't you written these things down? If we don't Write down what God has done for us. That way, you know what else it helps? You're feeling bad. You're feeling blue. Get that book out and start reading. Mm -hmm. this, on this day, God did this for me. That's on this right. day, God did this for me. And, you know, it won't take a few pages and you'll be saying, well, God's going to take care of the next thing for me That's then. That's right. Because he has. That's so. right. I don't have a journal, but I have um, my Bible. And usually under, I underline with green mm -hmm. the stories, you know, a promise that I claimed and a story that God answered. Oh. A prayer. And you and I like to tell stories. So we, we rehearse what is God has done for us over and over again, yes. you know. And I, do, I, I tell it uh, sometimes for children's stories for church. Or if I'm on the phone talking to somebody mm -hmm. who's called Better Life, I'll tell them my story. Yes. And by rehearsing it, it becomes stronger in our mind. Yeah. And then I can point back to it and say, Lord, you did this for me once before. I know you can do it again.